This is 8-Bit, Episode 1, Top Secret Tessellated Toad Tech, on Sunday, September 9th, 2012, Winning and Then Some. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. Alright, let's try this out. Big week? Big week. Awesome. We're podcasters now, baby. Oh god, what have we done? We've opened up a whole new can of worms. And everybody has to live with it. But worms taste nasty. Oh, boy. <laughs> wait, wait. Only if you chew them up. Yeah. And, and we know this because of Fear Factor at camp. This is true. Yeah. Which we won. Which we did win. A couple of years in a row. That was great. The, the minnow was kind of weird on the way down. You? Oh, did you do the minnow as well? Yeah, we both had to do minnows. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh, that was That was probably the worst one. Mostly because it was big. <laughs> yeah. And it squirmed. You can feel it. <laughs> All right. So uh, welcome to uh, 8-Bit, everybody. This is our new show um, where we are going to be talking about video game news um, and worms every once in a while. Um, so I'm Ian Buck. And I'm Ian Decker. Uh, and we're your regular hosts for this show. Um so I guess we'll just ta- start out by uh, telling you a little bit about ourselves. Um, we both uh, grew up in St. Paul. Um, we both uh, went to Murray Junior High and Central High School. Um, we've known each other since we were like four years old. Focus on fours and EFCE. ECFE. ECFE. <laughs> Apparently I'm dyslexic. Yep. Um, let's see. Since this is a video game show, um, I guess we can talk about uh, you know our history as gamers. Um, I, uh, my family really has never owned a, a video game console, um, so all of my, you know, gaming was originally, you know, Disney Interactive on the computer, um, Revolt on the computer, Backyard Baseball on the computer, um, pretty much everything I've ever done is on a computer, so I guess I'm a PC gamer through and through. Alright, well, I've, I've had an interesting relationship with video games. My mother absolutely loathes video games. So the first actual video game thing that I owned was a Game Boy Pocket that I got uh, for my birthday when I was in third grade. I was so excited. It came with red version. And I played it, and I had no idea what the hell I was doing. <laughs> um, but actually, before then, I used to... I got started on PC games. Not necessarily the same ones that you did, but my dad and I would play stuff like Chex Quest and Strife, which are... Uh, FPSs in the similar to how Doom was, where you could walk around using the arrow keys and fire using control and switch a few weapons, and I would play those with my dad, where he would do almost all the controls except for I would do the shoot button, and I was very excited and happy to be able to shoot things. Um, so you really haven't changed much. No, not at all. I mean, now I'm now I'm shooting real things, but that's just like targets and whatnot. And I have, but anyway. Um, but so the very first video game console that my family owned was a GameCube, and that was when Blockbuster started closing down their stores. I know, silly, isn't it? Wait, um, that how long ago was that? That or not when they started closing down their stores? When they started closing down the whole game rental thing, ah, and game console rental. So we ended up getting that so that we could just play video games every now and then. Um, my parents and I had this agreement where like every big break. I would be allowed to rent a video game console and some video games for a week and just go to town on them. So they became sort of like a holiday treat, like eggnog, but 
tastier. Le- less sugary? Yeah. <laughs> Probably a little bit more crunchy if I tried to eat them, too. The shards in my mouth would not be fun. But anyway, so got that. Eventually convinced my mom to do a Wii. Um, or to let me buy a Wii that I would go halvesies on. And so... Uh, from there on, we've had the Wii, and I finally bought my desktop, my beautiful desktop, which I gave a name at one point in time, but then forgot it promptly afterwards. You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll think of something eventually, like maybe Edgar or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I get one upgrade for it per year ever since I bought it, and this past year was um, I upgraded from 6 gigs of RAM to 16 gigabytes of RAM. So that's uh, a nice little upgrade. Yeah. It's insane. In fact, it's to the point where I'm not sure if it can actually handle that much memory <laughs> very easily. <laughs> yeah, my family, we own a Wii as well. Um, and that was just because our relatives gave it to us, uh, you know, for our joint four-way birthday um, a couple of years ago. So pretty much the only people that use it are my sisters. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're 10 years younger than us uh, for perspective. Oh, and we I, we both forgot to mention RuneScape. Oh, duh. Oh, oh. I, don't be ashamed of it, man. This that that was junior high. We were young and stupid. Yeah. And RuneScape was the greatest thing in the world. That's true. And actually, it was something that I used to do with my dad. My dad and I actually both became members. My dad was playing it just as a way to I spend was so a little jealous bit of time you with because me. of that. <laughs> I remember so when I told kid. you. I remember when I first told you, you were just like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I, I loved that game so much. Um, you know, my, my parents would only let me give me and Caleb and Jonas, uh, like an hour of screen time a day. Um, and so I would get up an hour early in the mornings, uh, so that I could play RuneScape, you know, without anybody else yelling at me for tying up the phone line because we had dial up. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, just play my hour of RuneScape, and that was what I did with my hour of screen time. No TV, nothing else, just RuneScape. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so should we also talk about what our favorite kinds of games are and, like, our favorite game series? Okay. Great, now I have to think, because I haven't prepared any of that. We're coming as gamers. (laughs) So for me, I guess, I am a big fan of RPGs and shooters, and if you can combine the two, then I'm really happy. So like Borderlands and the Mass Effect games are a couple of my favorite games. Um, When it comes to sports games, I know a lot of people love those. I don't really see the appeal too much in those, unless, of course, you count racing games as sports games, because for some reason, I love racing games. Whether it be Mario Kart or Need for Speed or something along those lines. Um, favorite game series? Who? I don't know. Probably. Well, yeah. Actually, um, another kind that I really like are those adventure games, like Legend of Zelda and um, God of War and the original Darksiders games and the original Darksider games. Um, I absolutely love that sort of style of game where you're running around getting stronger and stronger as you go. Not necessarily in an RPG style, but I think it might be the whole gadget thing where like you go to each dungeon and get a new gadget that lets you get um, farther and farther and farther in the game. Something about that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But anyway, favorite game is probably actually the Mass Effect series. Good Sp- choice. Good choice. We need to do co-op on that event. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You need to. We need to find each other on Origin first because that's being dumb. Because Origin is stupid. Yeah. Silly. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that later. 
Yeah. Um, me as a gamer, um, I the the thing that I really enjoy about games is the stories. So pretty much anything with a you know a good plot to it, um, I really get into. Um, so you know Half Life, Mass Effect for sure, um, Assassin's Creed. Even though you know the story is confusing sometimes, but uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, recently I picked up The Walking Dead, and uh, I'll be reviewing that today. Um, that one has a really good story. Um, you know, I can I can handle pretty much any uh, any form factor, I guess. You know, any control scheme. Like it doesn't have to be a shooter. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a platformer. You know, I'll play I'll play any type of game uh, as long as it's got a good story. Hmm. And there's definitely some with like really good stories where it's just like, wait, what? So yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. Oh yeah. So I uh, favorite game series. Um, I think I'll go with Half Life. Because that is what got me started um, on like real, really gaming. Um, you know, my my parents got me the orange box for Christmas. Uh, was that three years ago now? Yeah, three years ago. And that was when I discovered Steam, and that was when my life changed forever because I discovered that I could buy games without uh, having to have my parents take me to the store. It <laughs> was wonderful. Actually, kind of the same thing here when I got the orange box. Yep. <laughs> oh, orange box! It opened whole. It opened up a box, a whole new box. I guess we can just call it Pandora's box. Pandora's orange box, <laughs> or the orange Pandora's box. And would we be searching for that? Maybe that's what's in the vault. Oh, great! <laughs> wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be amusing? Making a reference to another video game company's product in the vault. Yep. In, for those of you who don't know, we're referring to Borderlands, where the whole point of the game is this big treasure hunt. Uh, in particular, you're looking for something called the Vault, which is huge. It's it's a big mystery. No one has any idea what's inside of it, but a lot of people speculate it's just treasure beyond all reason. Um, so you that's know, the whole point of finding that. So we'll come to that think of vault. it, come to think of it, the uh, the final boss. The final monster thing in uh, Borderlands looks a lot like a monster from Half-Life. From the original one, yeah. Yeah. With the, um, the big tentacly thing. I remember that one. Yeah. Well, not uh, not even just that one, but uh, also, did you did you ever play um, Opposing Force? Half-Life Opposing Force? I have not. Okay, the, the, final, the final boss in that one. Actually, Opposing Force was made by Gearbox. Holy cow. They must have just copied themselves. Mind equals blown. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's uh, let's do some news articles here. All right, so I'll I'll tackle the first one. So there are these two ridiculously expensive keyboards um, made by Mad Cats and Razer, called the Mad Cat Strike Seven and Razer Death Strike or Death Stalker Ultimate. Um, that, in my opinion, are absolutely ridiculous. They have touch screens, is what makes them ever so ever so special and ever so expensive. Um, but as a gamer, I had no idea how that would actually be, you know, useful. Because if I'm sitting there um, playing my game, um, I wouldn't want to look away to go down and do what was ever on the on the touchscreen. Also, this is uh, a little touchscreen that's over on the side or that pops up. Like if you guys saw the Razer um, keyboard that came out for Star Wars The Old Republic, this is modeled after that one. It's actually exactly the same model, just without the Star Wars yeah. logo, pretty much. 
Yeah, so. So I think I think you know Razor should uh should you know send us a demo copy of that uh, of that keyboard so that we can play with it and review it for them. Don't you think? Yeah, sure. <laughs> First we have to get big, right? Big week. All right. <laughs> Command and Conquer Generals 2 um will be free to play um apparently and there will be a closed beta available. Um so that's interesting. You know, the uh the free to play model is penetrating more and more types of games. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be interesting especially with all the microtransactions. That's uh in case you're wondering, that's how and not you, I mean our listeners, in case they're wondering, um that's how they're going to be making the majority of their money is through those microtransactions. So that'll be kind of helpful in that way by getting it exposed to more people, getting more people hooked. And then once they're hooked instead of just uh um Oh no, sorry. Ignore that last little bit. But yeah, once they're hooked, uh, then they'll start buying stuff within the micro transactions within the game. And this this can be for better or for worse. I mean, sometimes it's great to have a game that you can just hop into without having to play anything or pay anything. Um, you know. But on the other hand, if they handle it really badly and uh, you know have crappy items for sale, or if they you know just give paying players a huge advantage in the game, you know that would be terrible. Yeah. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wait and see. That's about all we can do right now at this point. Yep. All right. On to the next one. So, just plain cool. A Chinese farmer makes himself prosthetic arms, and they work. So this one was uh, this was an article published by Kotaku that was talking about this originally. So there's this Chinese farmer who lost both of his arms while making um, homemade bombs to use for fishing. Uh, well, he was making one. One of them accidentally went off, and he spent the next two years making his own handmade prosthetic arms. Um, and, like, from a medical perspective, or at least from my perspective, I know this doesn't necessarily have to do anything with video games, but this is really exciting because they work well, and um, farmers, especially Chinese farmers, are not the richest people on the planet. This proves <laughs> that there is a way to make working prosthetics um, cheaply, and he's actually working on another des- on a second design right now. So if he can get those made cheaply and then distributed around the world, that could change a whole hell of a lot of people's lives for better. Yep. So, and just to give you an idea of how well these things work, um, they are strong enough that he can pick up all of his farming equipment and then use that on a daily basis. So it's just, yeah, that's that's uber exciting for me. All right, we've got a few. Uh few news articles about Ubisoft. Um, so Ubisoft has started their own uh, digital retail service called Uplay. It's uh, the same name that their previous um, you know, website was, but um, now they actually will sell you their games and you can download, download them directly from Ubisoft. Um, sound familiar? Origin, anybody? <laughs> Steam, anybody? Impulse, anybody? Um, also, Ubisoft, the Ubisoft CEO thinks that PC gaming has a 93 to 97% piracy rate, um, and I don't, I don't believe that at all. You know, everybody, everybody that I know who plays on the PC um, is willing to pay money for the games that they play. Um, apparently, in the article, they they say that he's talking more about uh, other countries. You know, where where the um, games are not necessarily even available to buy. Um, where people will pirate them, but you know that's the company's own darn fault. Um, 
but on a positive note, uh, Ubisoft says that they are getting rid getting rid of DRM uh, in their PC games. Um, so you know, in a lot of their previous games, you had to be online in order to play them at all, um, sort of like Diablo three. Um, but uh, so they're getting rid of that DRM. But um, you're still going to have to, uh, have to activate the games online with a uh, you know with a CD key um, kind of thing. So it's better, but it's not perfect. Not yet. They're working on it. All right. So Borderlands 2. Uh, in case you guys don't know, there will be a new class that's going to be coming out. The fifth class that's going to be coming out, um, and it's called the Mechromancer. That's going to be coming out by October 16th. It's apparently um, well. According to Mr. Buck here, it is quite exploitable. It's going to be kind of fun. Basically, the whole point of this class is to summon something called a death trap. Think clap trap, but scary. Um, and get to play with your little pet. Um, so another thing that'll be kind of nice is th- uh, you'll be able to buy something called a season pass, which gets you all the DLC. So as they come out with uh, all the DLC throughout the throughout the development of this game, um, you'll be able to get it without having to pay for it and uh, in a whole bunch of itty bitty microtransactions, you can buy it all now and probably actually save quite a bit of money. And that's thirty bucks for that whole thing. Um, and then also for those of you who have already bought Borderlands Two or are thinking about buying it now, the character skill tree are now or, ah, sorry, the character skill trees are now available. So look at those, get things planned out, and yeah, let's get started. I'm excited for this one. All right, GameStop um, will start selling Xbox 360 digital content in-store, um, and they have been selling digital content before, but you had to get a 25-digit code from them that you then had to take back to your Xbox and enter in, um, you know, entering in a 25-digit code with your with your controller, which sounds terrible. Um, so now um, what happens is GameStop will just send you an email with a link. You click on the link, and then the download will start. So if you have a smartphone, you just you know you can just go into the store, buy the digital content, click on the link on your smartphone, and it'll start downloading at your house before you even get there. How awesome is that? Very. All right. Um, so for those of you who are somewhat familiar with Steam, they've been doing this thing where you can, or called the Steam Workshop, where you can go and basically modify your favorite games, start making your own content for your favorite games. Um, now for Portal 2, something that that they're going to be starting to do is you can now make co-op maps. Before you could just make single-player maps, but now you can make co-op maps for you and your friends to go and play through. And you and I should go and try out a few of the co-op maps in the, in the workshop. I'll make some ridiculous ones where I just get to troll you the entire time. It'll be beautiful. Oh, great. <laughs> All right, um, Crisis 3 is uh, promised to melt PCs, uh, no matter how good it is, apparently, with their top-secret tessellated toad tech. Um, Obviously, that last part is a joke that they just inserted into the video, but you should definitely go watch the video because it is beautiful. I was drooling. And I I dare you to say top-secret tessellated toad tech five times fast. Top secret tessellated toad tech, 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 top secret tessellated toad tech. Boom. Fine. (laughs) All right. So another thing about Steam is they have this new thing called big picture mode. It is um, basically it's optimized for televisions. So for those people who have HDMI cables that link from their computers to the televisions and use their televisions as monitors, they have something... um, that goes into the beta, uh, or they have a beta for this, um, where they're going to be making Steam for that whole platform, especially with the size of it. 
that's going to be coming this Monday. And uh, if we if we get the uh, you know show out by Monday, then people will uh, it'll be out by the time you hear this probably. Um, all right. But who listens to us anyway? Well, we'll see. You know, we'll chant. I, I bet you. I bet you that we'll be able to uh, get more views than the universe does. That's <laughs> that's that's my that's my goal here is just to beat Sam at everything. <laughs> all right. Valve uh, is unhappy with uh, PC, PC hardware innovation, and they are going to be jumping in um, to hardware manufacturing or design rather. Um, and Gabe Newell has specifically mentioned the keyboard and mouse as stagnant. Um, I mean, I can understand where he's coming from, but why would you, you know, want to change something that's great already? Um, if he can, if if they can come up with something better, I mean, I'm all in. Um, but as it is, I don't see anything wrong with my keyboard and mouse. They work great. Yeah, and the the problem would be getting a hardware thing that everyone would actually want to buy because if it's only available for gaming then it's not really that practical to buy for everything else for true, anything else true and if and if it's uh you know really really proprietary you know if it only works with like a few different games uh nobody's going to go for it no especially cuz it'd be ridiculously expensive <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm betting at least in the first few years all right, speaking of stuff that is kind of cool, which people might get, um, there's this thing that's called the Oculus Rift that's coming out. Um, so, you know, everyone um, absolutely loved, like, those virtual reality monitors, like the things that you could put across your eyes and they look like a pair of really bad sunglasses. Um, or they made you look like you belonged in Star Trek or something like that. They actually have those now where it's you use your head to look around uh, the entire thing, um, and you can also, I mean, you can use, they were using it for a 360. Um, and he was using both his head turning and he would use the joystick to amplify speed. Um, but it's, it looks like it's going to be really cool and add a whole new depth of realism to the games. Yep, and they've, they talked about uh, this on the Nexus. Um, so, um, you know, I, I believe that since, since I posted that article... Um, they the Kickstarter for the Oculus Rift is over, and they met their their goal um, with by quite a large margin, I believe. Um, so this could be hitting you know the market anywhere within the next few years. So I may I may regret buying a 3D monitor if uh, you know if it comes to PC. Well, I I think they kind of overshot the goal and then some. The yeah. um, currently apparently they have. Over two million, about two and a half million pledged with an original two hundred and fifty thousand. Oh my cool. gosh. <laughs> so, so this is just they're winning. They're winning. And then some. <laughs> um all right, Nintendo comes out with the three D X three D S XL, um, and that is available for two hundred dollars. Um, and it has a larger screen and a longer battery life than the original 3DS. Um, and I believe that $200 is not too much more than uh, the original 3DS. So hopefully, for Nintendo's sake anyway, um, you know, hopefully that boosts sales a bit. Because I believe the 3DS was kind of lagging in, in their hopes. Yeah, but I, I don't know how making a bigger one except for bigger is better here in America. Um, well, bigger is always better. better. Tell, tell Apple that. I no, I like my portability and mobility in my one Apple product that I use. Yeah, just... Imagine how great it would be if it had a 4.6 inch screen instead of a three and a half. Just saying. 
it'd be easier to break. <laughs> All right, so interesting news for League of Legends. They recovered a domain, leagueoflegends.co, from a rather risque site. Um, originally, whenever you would accidentally type that in and forget the M, for leagueoflegends.com, um, it would redirect you to a porn site. So I am partially regretting not... F uh, anyway. Um, so, But, yeah. So kind of nice for them now. No more ex um, exposing like little 12 and 13-year-old kids who are getting started on League of Legends to prawn that they don't necessarily need to All see. All right, yet. I'm trying it out. I'm trying it out. Oh, okay, well, good. It League, was, of League of Legends just .co just redirects me to a GoDaddy site, you know? Yeah, it was. It said that the domain name was retired. Okay, good. I, I tentatively entered it in. Uh, you know, kind of glad I didn't end up at a porn site. Um, all right, Minecraft players are apparently a cutthroat bunch. Um, there was a a uh, experiment done where they stuck 30 players into a 350 by 350 map for two months, and uh, it became an all-out war with a few controlling most of the resources, um, with the rest of the, the players eking out a living in dirt huts. Um, now, some people on the forums uh, have been pointing out details of the screenshots um, that suggest that this was a fabricated story, um, so take it, you know, with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, this... It, whether it's true or not, um, you know, it's it's an interesting conversation starter on where the real world may be headed. You know, as we as we um, start to run low on resources. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, going to space. 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 I'm in space. space. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, so Spy Party, a, an indie game um, that is being being developed, um, it's taking shape. Um, it used to be look pretty terrible. Um, I, while they were, you know, they were focusing mostly on the gameplay aspects of it, um, because this game, in this game, you have one player who is uh, the sniper, one player who is the spy, and the spy is at this party trying to get a few objectives done, um, and the sniper is trying to figure out which of the people at the party is the the um, the spy. Um, and so, you know, they have to watch for little social cues, um, you know, that, that kind of will, might give away who the spy is, but they only have one shot to try and take out the spy. Um, so... It looks like it's uh it may be nearing completion. It looks pretty good now. Um yeah, and it's it's a pretty interesting uh concept. It almost actually looks like um with the animation it almost looks like they're using the same engine uh that Valve uses for like Team Fortress 2 and whatnot. Mm, yeah. So. Of course, of course I've seen screenshots of somebody who was playing in uh uh, Skyrim, and they they turned off all of the textures, and it looked just like Team Fortress 2. <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah, Team Fortress Skyrim. Add new class, Dovakin. Special ability, Fushoda. All right. So apparently, Mass Effect 3 is coming to the Wii U. Now, how silly is that? The whole point of the Mass Effect games is to be able to have a continual storyline from the original one to the third one uh, and watch Commander Shepard save the universe over and over again while following a whole bunch of different stories, um, uh, well, different paths along the way. But 
if it's just Mass Effect 3 coming to the Wii U, then it's kind of silly to do that just because you won't be able to have the backstory from Ma- the original Mass Effect as well as Mass Effect 2 um, in order to continue on with that original adventure. Um, all right, everybody. You should keep your eyes on this one. Um, the Archos, Arcos, I don't know how to pronounce that, Arcos Gamepad um, is a 7-inch ice cream sandwich tablet um, that also has traditional game controls built into it. Um, and to me, this seems like the perfect direction for mobile gaming to take um, because, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to buy a, a 3DS um, that, you know, all it does is play games. I want, I want something that I can hold in my hand that I can do pretty much anything I want to do, um, you know, the same way that I can do on my computer. I can, you know, check my emails, do my work, um, you know, do everything and also play games. Um, so a tablet, you know, just seems like the perfect match. Um, and before now, they didn't really, you know, game very well because you were limited to just doing touchscreen controls and, you know, gyroscope stuff. Um, but since they actually have traditional controls, um, this might be uh, a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. All right. So you know how you were saying that Half-Life was your favorite game or like the Half-Life series? We now have something called Half-Life, um, well, no, Black Mesa, which is going to be a complete remake of the original Half-Life game in the Source Engine. And that'll be coming out on September 14th. So I am excited to see that. All right, so another thing um, that looks like it'll be really interesting is Assassin's Creed 3. It's going to have this multiplayer thing um, where you'll be able to help to advance the story. They'll be coming out with episodic um, or episodic content that'll be released after launch. So it'll just keep on going and going and going and going. Um, and after completing each episode, that'll actually earn you different rewards within the game itself as well. So it's, it's interesting. It looks really cool. Sounds really cool. Um, so I guess I have to finish up through Assassin's Creed. All right. So Mr. Buck, would you like to take it away talking about the razor blade? I would love to talk about the razor blade. Um, oh great. Now we've, now we've, uh, changed around who's talking about what. Whatever. I can take it too if you'd like. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about the Razer Blade. It's good. Alright, so the Razer Blade um, is a gaming laptop with a touchscreen instead of a numpad. Sound familiar, anybody? Um, and they first uh, released this back last February, I believe. Um, and that, that version cost uh, $2,800. Um, and it was, it you know, it didn't really have that impressive of hardware. Um, I think it had like a, a an NVIDIA 555M um, as a graphics card. Um, so definitely was not justified in uh, in the amount of, of money that it cost. Um, but now they have announced a new version that has um, updated hardware. It has an, uh, an unspecified i7 third generation processor and uh, the 660M uh, NVIDIA. Uh, graphics card, um, right. and and not only that, but it is dropping three hundred dollars in price. So that is definitely a good move by Razer. Mm-hmm. Still expensive, but yeah. All right, so sort of like how with Assassin's Creed is going to be coming out with episodic things. Um, Capcom, the publisher Capcom, is um, 
planning on doing something similar. So they're going to be shortening their development cycle of games, uh, which means that you'll get a new game from each of their series a lot sooner, but the games won't be quite as big. So as a result, there's going to be a lot of DLC coming out in order to get the, um, in order to fill in the spaces. So this is mainly a try by them in order to make sure that people have interest um, in stuff that's coming out. So they'll get games instead of like a four-year period in between each game in a series. It'll be maybe two-year periods with DLCs in between each. Um, so new content and just keeping that interest up for everyone. Sony is coming out with a new 84-inch TV that runs at 4K resolution. So for those of you that aren't aware, um, 4K is kind of the the next thing um, after HD. Um, it has uh, four times as many uh, pixels um, as uh, 1080p. Um, and not only uh, is this awesome by itself, but it also kind of supports the uh, rumors that the PS4 will run games at 4K resolutions. Um, so now all we have to do is make 4K the standard for computer monitors because, you know, we can't just be beat by TVs. <laughs> no, and I mean, uh, especially with that Steam thing that's coming out, mm-hmm. that could be really, that could be really, really, really interesting and kind of fun to use. Let's play Half-Life 1 at 4K. <laughs> What's that <laughs> pixel there? I think that's an alien. Oh. Interdimensional being, sorry, not alien, interdimensional being. All right, so Alienware and Twitch. Um, now, for those of you who don't know what they are, Alienware is a gaming computer brand name that is actually owned by Dell. So it's um, by Dell, and you're buying stuff from Alienware. Well, another way around as well. And Twitch, which is a website that people can go on to do live streams of video games, um, and people who are both professional and amateur go onto the site and use that. And um, we, the, we may be using Twitch for our live gaming sessions, depending on, you know, how our trials go. Yeah. We'll figure that out eventually. But so something that they did that's really cool, and I wish this could happen to one of us. But they are awarding $10,000 scholarships to five different student gamers. Uh, this was decided not only on their academic prowess, but also their different gaming contributions and devotion to the gaming world and everything like that. All right, XCOM Enemy Unknown, um, which is a, a uh, strategy game by Firaxis, the makers of Civilization V, um, coming out in... Uh, October, actually the day before my birthday, hint, hint. Um, XCOM Enemy Unknown will have a, a rather inventive pre-order reward system. Um, so the more people who pre-order this game, um, the better the reward will get for everybody. Um, and I believe that as of this time, right now, um, they have reached the first tier of rewards, which means that everybody who pre-orders it will get... Um, um, a few in-game goodies. Um, you can, uh, you know, change the the color um, of your your soldiers' uh, uniforms. Um, you get the classic XCOM soldier. Um, so that's a little, you know, a little boost in the game. Um, and then uh, once we have enough people who pre-ordered it, um, the second tier is uh, some TF2 items, and then the third tier um, is a free copy of Civilization V. Um, which, obviously, if you already own it, you can just uh, gift to a friend of yours, um, you know, maybe make some money off of that. (laughs) 
Yeah, actually, um, as of right now, they are 43% away to reward to. Yep. And also, no one buy it for him because that's my. I'm going to be getting that for him. So nobody oh. buy that for him. Well, thanks for telling Dibs. me that. Anyway, um, so Planet Side Two, Planet Side Two, Planet Side Two. Can I just sit and drool about this game forever and ever and ever? Um, it is an MMO FPS. Um, so it's a massively multiplayer online first-person shooter. So this is going to be just. Um, absolutely huge scale, so it's, I uh, think, thousand people on a server with a single capture point about the size of a standard FPS map. It's going to be huge, it's going to be great, it's going to be awesome. Now, right now, they're in the middle of a beta, and you can buy this thing called Alpha Squad. It's a $40 pack. It gives you a bunch of weapon unlocks, camo, in-game currency, XP boosts, um, a title to use in the game, as well as a free beta key. I have been waiting for my beta key for a while, and I have not gotten it yet, so kind of tempted to buy this, but not really at the same time, because this game is going to be free, and I don't want to spend money on something that's going to be free. <laughs> Chances are, though, if it's awesome enough, we might be spending money on it anyway. Probably. But for now, we have other things that we need to do. Like school. All, All right. right. Uh, now that we've uh, finished with our uh, news articles, um, let's move on to our main topic. Um and our main topic is uh, about something that is near to de- near and dear to both of us, um, Steam. Um, so recently, Steam uh, started releasing um, a a new community system. Um, they st- they they started out with people who had earned the uh, Pillar of the Community um, badge um, during the uh, summer sale, um, and so. I had gotten that badge um, a little late because I, you know, we were at camp, obviously, but I got it, and uh, so I got into, I got two copies of the 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 code to get into that, and I sent you one of them. Mm-hmm. So we both have had um, some time to check out the the new community. Um, so, what so do we you think? Yeah. Um, I guess, like from my standpoint, I don't really use it much more than I had originally. It's kind of fun to. Um, actually have statuses now, but they don't really mm-hmm. show up that that much uh, for people to see. Like, if you go onto your friends list, you can't see what each person has as their status, which is a little bit um, disappointing. Uh, and But you can comment on other people's statuses, so I'm assuming that there will be some rather amusing um, uh, conversations that'll take place, especially, like, with the mobile one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's poping. <laughs> um, one thing that I really like about the new the new um, community is this this section. Like it, it now has different sections um, under the community. Um, one of them is labeled friends, and this this uh, you know takes on the role of your former um, homepage. Um, so it shows you kind of what your friends have been up to, and it does it in a much more visual way than the old system did. The old system just kind of had a little text line for each thing that said, you know, so-and-so has, uh, has you know, posted a screenshot, and then it has, like, a link to the screenshot, so you have to go to a different page to see the screenshot, or so-and-so has ach- gotten this achievement. Um, um, for example, I see here that uh, Elliot, a herd of Yoshi, um, has published two screenshots from Team Fortress 2, and I can oh, just I see them right there. There they are. Perfect. Um, 
Uh, Jonas, my brother, he's achieved, uh, let's see, five achievements in Team Fortress 2. And before, I would have had to go to his page and look at his achievements and, you know, look at each one to see what each of them do. But now I can just mouse over them and say, ooh, look at that, beat me up, Scotty. That means that he used a critical swing with an Islander to kill five enemy players. Good for him. Go, Jonas. Um, yes, statuses, um, interesting concept, you know, totally ripped off of Facebook. Um you can tag it with a specific game that you're talking about. So, like, uh, I think earlier on I was talking about how, uh, um, you know, The Walking Dead was giving me such a an emotional roller coaster, and I tagged it with The Walking Dead so that everybody can see that I'm, you know, talking about that game. Yeah. Speaking of that game, you need to read the graphic novels. They are... Yeah. They are amazing. Definitely, definitely on my list now. Um, game hubs. Game hubs are new. They're pretty mm-hmm. sweet. Um, easy way to go and find all of the stuff that people have been posting um, about that game. Um, that's actually how I started finding all of these hilarious uh, um, screenshots from The Walking Dead because that game is rather buggy and has some pretty funny, uh, pretty funny screenshots associated with it. Hmm. It's yeah, it, and also another thing that people will do on these is they will show. Um, such so as screenshots, uh, different stuff that they've been working on. If the Steam Workshop, that thing that allows you to make content for that game. Oh yeah. Um, it'll allow people to post stuff for stuff like that. So like on Dota 2, there's a screenshot of someone who made something called iHeart. Well, no, it's a big picture of someone that made iHeart Dota in what looks to be a map maker. Or like in uh, Team Fortress 2, there's a bunch of turrets. Someone kind of had fun building turrets, because there's like a circle of turrets just kind of with this one engineer in the middle. <laughs> um, but, yeah, make stuff, post it, and it will be on that hub. Um, oh, look at that. They've revamped the um, the forums, um, so they have a... It's it's under discussions now. Um, looks like... Oh, it looks... You can you can actually edit these uh, through your through your Steam account. I think before you had to, to go into the forums via your... Um, Steam support account, which was separate from your Steam account for some reason. Don't ask me why. Um, but yeah. Yeah, wait, where is this? Um, this? It, under community, right next to game hubs, it says discussions. I just found that. I uh, have not looked at it before. I don't have that. I have friends, profile, game hubs, and workshop. Weird. Wait, you don't have Greenlight either? No. When was the last time you updated Steam? Um, Not too, too long ago, I don't think. Hmm. Well, oh, speaking of profile, that's like the one thing that they didn't change about the Steam community. It looks exactly like it did before, um, which is okay, I guess. Um, you know, it wasn't like terrible, but, uh, you know, I've got these statuses that I've been posting, and you would think that they would be, you know, showing up on my profile, but they don't. The only thing that's on my profile still is the comments that people leave on the profile, um, you know, and that's exactly the same as, as the way that it's always been. Um, yeah. yeah. So, Greenlight, um, I guess I'll talk about that since you don't have that. Um, Greenlight is a new system that Steam has introduced where uh, indie developers can post, um, you know, their their game ideas, um, you know, if they're already working on it, uh, you know, whatever 
whatever stuff they have available so far, you know, screenshots and stuff, and the community can go in there and say, yeah, I would buy this game if it were on Steam, or no, this is stupid, you know. Um, so it kind of, it, it will bring the, the top ideas um, all the way, the, the, the top ideas will, you know, just kind of float to the top the way that they do in the Steam Workshop. And um, so hopefully that will enable indie developers to get on Steam more easily um, and, you know, help them to sell more games. Um, now, at the beginning, when they first launched Greenlight, there were a ton of people who were posting, you know, fake stuff like, oh, this is Half-Life 3, blah, 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 or, you know, posting offensive things. Um, and so Steve, Valve was uh, forced to implement a $100 fee to get your game into Steam Greenlight. Um, and some people, some some people, including indie developers, think that that's a good thing um, because you know it uh, it'll weed out the the idiots. <laughs> but on the other hand, um, you know if you if you've got like you know some some kid in high school who's got a great idea for a game and they just want to get it on Steam and then they pay a hundred dollars, you know, to to uh, get it on Steam Greenlight and then it gets shot down. Well, you just you just ruined somebody's life. Mm-hmm. You know, that kid's probably not going to have a ton of money to do that. No. Yeah, no, I I get where you're coming from there. So, well, hopefully if it does succeed, though, then it'll get him a little mm-hmm. bit more than that. It, it, it should pay back. Hopefully. Hopefully. <sighs> um, another thing with Steam, um, they've, they've mentioned this on the Nexus, um, if you've been listening to that, um, but they are uh, going to be selling um, non-game software on Steam's coming up sometime soon. Actually, I thought it was supposed to start already sometime mm. in the, towards the beginning of September. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what stuff exactly they'll be selling. Um, I, I bet you that we won't see Microsoft Office show up. <laughs> um, and I can't imagine any other kind of software that I would want to buy for the PC... I pretty much have everything I want already. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I mean, well, I got the um, version of MS Office through you and Ryan, um, and it's a legal version, by the way. <laughs> but, oh, oh, so, oh, right, the 2007. That mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that was forever ago. Does Gustavus does Gustavus not sell you that for free, or for not, not for free, but for cheap? They probably would, but. I have 2007. It works. I'm content with that. Right, right. I mean, I know because the the U, um, very nice. They they well, they sold me 2010 for uh, I think it was forty dollars. You know, and and it's like the full full version with everything in it that would normally cost 250 or whatever. Um, and I don't use like any of the products on it at all. I just use OneNote and you know <laughs> Word when I have to. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I'm betting they do because I know they have it in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the reason the reason that uh, Valve is going to start um, selling non-game software is kind of obvious if you think about it, because uh, Gabe Newell has been complaining specifically about Windows 8 and how it's going to be terrible, apparently, and you know nobody it's going to you know <sighs> destroy the market or some something, and and you know. I, I think he's just threatened by the by the uh, 
the Windows Store that's going to be included there um, because games will be sold on there. Um, now, obviously, they'll be Metro-style games. Um, so if you want like a, a more traditional uh, PC game, um, you probably won't be able to buy it through there. Um, but, you know, um, so this is probably Valve's answer to that. So, um, so you know, selling the same sorts of things um, as Windows or as Microsoft will be through their store. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So shall we move on to game reviews? Game reviews. Excellent. Do you want to go first or should I? I've been talking a lot. I need a drink. You go. <laughs> Alright, so I have been playing a decent amount of Darksiders 2 recently, and overall, I'm still not 100% sure how I feel of it, about it. Um, they changed a lot of things from the first one. Some stuff I liked, some stuff I didn't really like, and some stuff that I was disappointed that they didn't necessarily take care of. Um, Spoken like a true fan. <laughs> And, well, everything is completely and totally, um, oh, what's the word? And I'm not talking about the game here. I'm just saying that everything that I said is very general, very broad, so it can be interpreted in a whole bunch of different ways. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's see. Story. The story is a lot less linear than what the original one was. It is, um, instead of just you are war and trying to um, prove that you didn't necessarily start the apocalypse. You are now death, and what you are trying to do is absolve your brother's supposed crimes. The which, well, no, I'm not going to say anything further into that. Um, <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, and so your goal for the game is to basically resurrect the human race, which was wiped out during the apocalypse. Um, so it's a lot less linear in that it's just, oh, here, go do this next, and oh, here, go do this next, and oh, here, go do this next. It is now, um, also, uh, there's a whole bunch of different side quests that you can do, and, um, it's, it's still linear in the fashion that there's a main storyline that you follow, um, but there's a bunch of itty-bitty little things that go along on the side as well. Um, now for playability, I was a little bit disappointed, um, in that it seems to be kind of glitchy for the software that it is. Um, I was originally able to play the first one full graphics and had no problems with it, whereas on this one at full graphics, um, with a decently new graphics card, uh, it, it gets a little bit, um, laggy and twitchy. Um, and the the user interface for like options and everything like that is rather disappointing. It's basically the only two things that I or the only three things that I can change are um, any aliasing, any aliasing, um, shadows, as well as resolution. Otherwise, everything is very, very, very simplified and dumbed down and just kind of taken care of. Uh, now the graphics. So I, it's uh, it's kind of like Mass Effect Three was. Yeah. In terms of the graphics options. Yeah. And let's see. Now graphics. I was I was honestly a little bit disappointed when it came to the graphics. Um, the first game was absolutely beautiful, especially for its time. 
the second game looks pretty much the same as the first game. Uh, there's been no big major graphics updates or anything new, um, and, uh, but it's it's not it's not nearly as good as the first one. In fact, I think they kind of rushed through the graphics on the first or on the second one um, because there's been what I've been noticing a bunch of glitches or a bunch of little um, almost stutters within the game that make it just kind of um, that are distracting. I mean, they don't necessarily change the gameplay, but like whenever you're changing directions, um, death will just, you'll be walking one direction. Then when you start walking the next direction, um, he'll just pop right into that next direction instead of sort of turning smoothly at all. They didn't make any effort at all to smooth that out. Um, so when I'm on uh, like vertical surfaces or anything like that, then it's kind of disappointing that way um, but otherwise it's yeah um, let's see different game modes it's all just single player so far to my knowledge nothing too big for multiplayer though I think I've heard news about there possibly meeting a multiplayer coming up but I'm not 100% sure about that of course no. that'll probably last about as long as you know the Bioshock 2 multiplayer yeah now um, the game play itself is really, really different in how the game itself goes. Um, in the first game, as I had said, it was very linear. It was very like, very much like Legend of Zelda, where it's a whole bunch of different dungeons that you're going through um, uh, and just getting stronger as you go, like getting, sort of like in the original tried and tested method with Zelda, or even like the Metroid thing, picking up different health packs, or getting collecting different... Um, containers for health and getting more health that way and whatnot. Um, uh, whereas in the second game, it plays a lot more like an RPG where you're leveling up. There's um, And the game is a lot more versatile in this way in that there's a whole bunch of different equipment that you can use, um, different kinds of armor, different kinds of weapons. Each different kind of weapon has its own like special attack, attack speed, damage. Um, a lot of the different weapons have special abilities that they have. Um, but at the same time, although they added a whole bunch in that way, they took away the gadget tree thing, um, which was so prevalent in the first one. So uh, in the first game, you got a boomerang that you could throw out to stun someone, then run up to them and smack them with your sword or get back and shoot them with your pistol um, or something like that. Um, or like a portal gun, basically. They kind of borrowed from portal in that they made a portal thing that you can use. In the second game, the only gadgets that I have found so far are a something that lets you reach out and uh, like a spectral hand that lets you grab something and move around the terrain a little bit easier, as well as um, something that allows you to resurrect the dead. And there's supposedly one more gadget that's coming out that I haven't quite run into yet, but I'm not too impressed with it in that style. And I think that was my favorite thing from the first one was that sort of gadgetry feel. That almost sort of like old James Bond, like, ooh, you have this gadget, what all does it do? And figuring out how you can use each different gadget in a different way. So I guess I'm saddened that it's that way. But um, overall, it's it's still a good game. Fun storyline. Good level of badassery, um, and is it, still, is it the, as over the top as the original game was? No, they dimmed it down a little bit, hmm. unfortunately. So, like, instead of once the enemy gets 
to a certain point in health, you can't just do an execute there. You have an execute chance um, where you can be attacking them for time and time and time and time and time. Um, and sometimes you just have to whittle them all the way down, but only on a few of them do you actually get to execute them. Now, is that a random thing or is that like a quick time? How do you mean? Like you say that there's a, a chance to execute. Do you have to actively take that chance or does the computer decide uh, whether, you know, you have you got that 25% chance to execute or whatever. Um, the computer, the it, it, it's sort of both. The computer will decide if you have that chance, um, but then you actually have to press a button in order to take advantage of it. Okay. Um, but so, yeah, it, the level of badassery of just straight playing and, oh, my God, I feel like I could run out and kill something and look like a badass doing it feeling is no longer there. Now, you've... Uh... Let's see, you've only played 13 and a half hours of Darksiders 2, um, and I see that you, you played over 60 hours of Darksiders 1. Um, so I guess after, after uh, you've played a substantial amount more of Darksiders 2, we, uh, we may have to revisit, um, you know, see what you think of it after all that time, just for kicks. Yeah, I suppose just for kicks, but the, the core stuff will still be the same. Right? Yeah, because yeah. It's, yeah. I suppose, yeah, if, if nothing really has changed by that time, um, you can just stand by uh, what you say here. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right, my turn to review something. Um, so a, how long ago was that? A week and a half ago, um, I picked up uh, The Walking Dead um, on Steam because it was uh, on sale for $15. Um, and The Walking Dead is a Telltale, Telltale Games um, game. And uh, so, so it's released episodically. There are five episodes, um, and they've released the first three now, um, and they're they're being released about once a month. Um, so the style of this game, um, it's a it's you know completely single player, um, and it's it's a it's a it's a completely linear story. Um, so it takes place uh, in the same universe as the the uh, the Walking Dead. Um, TV show and uh, comic books before it, um, but it's a completely new cast of characters, um, which is, I think, a good thing because um, you know a lot of times when you've got like a video game that is based entirely off of a movie, um, you know that just tries to recreate the same scenes, but in a video game, those often uh, kind of fail, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, so this one, um, completely, you know, the, the story and everything is written by Telltale, made by Telltale, and they did a really good job on it. Um, you know, the whole point of the game is to give you choices, um, and, and those choices almost always depend, or have to do with the, the characters, the people who are in your group. Um, you know, the, the zombies aren't always, um, you know, a huge threat, um, Obviously, you know, they're always kind of ling lingering there in the back of your mind, and it's the, the reason that everything the way it is. Um, but it's more about, you know, people trying to survive um, and getting pissed at each other during this zombie apocalypse. Um, so I've had lots and lots of situations where I had to do things that I really didn't want to do, and I just glared at the computer and, you know cursed Telltale for making me do these terrible, terrible things, but it's great because it's an emotional roller coaster, and that's exactly, exactly, you know, what this game is supposed to be. Um, so the, the, game, the game starts out with um, you, you are playing as uh, Lee Everett, 
and he is in the back of a police car at the beginning. Um, so you are a convicted felon, um, but they don't really make it clear exactly what you did, um, so you're just kind of left to guess at that for a little while. Um, and before long, you meet Clementine, who is a little girl who is eight years old, and uh, you know it quickly becomes clear that um, you have to protect her, and that's pretty much um, you know your main goal in this whole in this whole story is to protect Clementine and make sure that she gets through this. Um, and I won't go into the story too much more um, because obviously um, spoilers would be a terrible thing in this case. Um, but you know, it's 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 really good. Um, you know, it's, it's more, it's not, it's more of a, um, interactive story than a, than a full-fledged game. Um, but it really, really works well in this case. Um, you have, you know, the structure is, uh, you'll have a, a one section where, you know, you're frantically fighting the zombies. Um, and that usually just involves, um, you know, using Waz to try to scramble away. And then whenever they grab you, um, you know, clicking on their head to make him punch them or or doing a quick time event to try to, you know, get away from them. Um, so it's not incredibly challenging from a gameplay perspective. Um, it's more challenging when it comes to who do you want to please? Uh, you know, who do you want to be nice to? Um, because there are definitely, you know, power struggles going on within the group. And um, if you try to please everybody then everybody will probably just get pissed at you. Um, so you kind of have to choose sides, and that is really difficult, believe me. Even though, even though they are, you know, artificial people, and you can just, you, you could theoretically step back and just go, I don't care about any of you. Um, you know, Telltale has done a really good job of making you care about what's going on here. Um, mm. There's um there's quite a few puzzles thrown in there. Um you know, you'll you'll have um after uh, in between, you know, the the more actiony parts, um you'll have a time when when you can just kind of walk around the area, you know, um at one point we we took refuge in a in a hotel and so um you know, I was able to just walk around in the in the uh the parking lot near the hotel where everybody was just kind of hanging out. And I had an objective, you know, I had something that I was trying to do. So it was a bit of a puzzle because I was trying to find, you know, the, the objects, the items that I needed to, you know, complete that objective. But at the same time, I was also, you know, walking around and talking to everybody and, you know, getting their opinion on the situation and everything. So they, so they really give you the chance um, to talk to these people and it makes them, you know, so much more human. Mm. Um, and and one of the so like one of the choices that I had to make was I was in charge of uh, distributing the food and I had four food items and there were ten people. Oh, God. yeah, yeah. And so I you know I I'm not going to tell you what I did <laughs> because um, if you could buy the game and you play the game, that's up to you. Um, you know the obviously if you if you uh, if you you know feed uh, feed Kenny's kid um, his son then Kenny will really appreciate that. Um, but if you don't feed other people, you know, they will hate you for it. Um, so, you know, if you, it, it really depends on whose side you choose. Um, and sometimes it'll, you know, you'll make the right choice and, and um, you know, so the, the person who you, who you pick sides with will end up being the one who survives and they'll remember your loyalty. But you might pick the side of, you know, a character that ends up dying. Um, 
And believe me, quite a few characters die. It's heartbreaking. Sounds about right. Yep. <laughs> it is, it is after all called The Walking Dead. Um, but yeah, um, and each episode lasts about two hours. Um, I've finished with the first three and, uh, I've played the game for about seven hours. Um, so, you know, at, uh, what, what is the normal price? $25? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's perfectly reasonable price for that amount of gameplay, especially if you go through and, like, play it several times um, with, you know, making different choices each time. Um, you can definitely get a lot of, um, you know, plenty of entertainment out of it. Um, one small thing um, that's kind of funny about this game is that uh, it's kind of notorious for having little bugs. Um, there, there were a few times when... Uh, um, when, you know, like, uh, models for certain objects would just be in, like, the completely wrong place. <laughs> um, um, and there were, they usually, these bugs don't usually, like, break the game. Um, you know, it works out just fine. Um, but it's just kind of silly. Like, like, um, one time I was talking to this guy who had a guitar, and the guitar was stuck inside his pelvis. And, what? and so he's walking around with this, with this guitar, like, sideways, sticking out of his hip. <laughs> <laughs> so silly, and I would have taken a screenshot, but I was laughing too hard. Um, Talk about getting wood. <laughs> um, another time, uh, one of the characters she was she was uh, cradling her son, but he was invisible. He wasn't there. <laughs> it was really funny. Oh god. Um, there there was one one bug that kind of uh almost broke the game um i i solved one of the puzzles you know where i was supposed to detach um some of the train cars that were preventing us from getting into this train um and taking it to um where we needed to go and so i you know pried it open and everything and and yay i solved the puzzle we can go in the train now and then i walked around and everybody's still sitting there and i'm like what's going on and so i go and talk to the guy in the train engine and and my only dialogue options are like you know a couple of generic things and then i still can't get it unstuck and i was like what so i said that i still can't get it unstuck and then i walked back and it was stuck again and i was <laughs> like okay i'll unstick it and and then i had to go through like the entire scene after i unstuck it again mm-hmm. um at, but then it was fine then we all got in the train and got going so you know it didn't like crash the game or anything um it was just a weird little bug hmm. but yeah now um one quick question is um how does the weapon system work? Because I know that in the graphic novel, um, there was a lot of there. There were guns, of course, and just cricket bats and everything like that. Um, hammers, so melee weapons that were silent, and as well as the guns for like the big thing. Now, um, I'm kind of thinking just because of the nature of the game and sort of the ragtag style of the game um, and of the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any way to customize weapons, sort of like you were able to do in Dead Island, where you could take like a cricket bat and then make it into something new, like attach barbed wire onto it or no, something like that? You have absolutely, as a player, you have no control over what weapons you have at any point in time. It completely depends on what you have at that point in the story. Huh. Um, so, like the the first kill that I made um, was, uh, you know, I was sneaking around uh, Clementine's house. And this is this is like right when when you first meet her. This is like pretty much right away in the game. Um, you oh actually that that would have been the second kill. 
Um, but yeah, so so you're you're wandering around in her house and talking to her on a walkie-talkie, and then you get attacked from behind by the zombie uh, who used to be her babysitter. Oh. And and you're struggling with this thing, struggling with this thing, and Clementine runs up behind you and hands you a hammer, and so then you have a hammer, and you click on the zombie's head, boom, smash it in. Yeah. That's what happens. Um, later on, you have a pistol. Um, um, don't you know, use that. And so you can, what? Don't use that. Well, you have like you don't have a choice. You're being attacked by a zombie, and you're all, the only thing you can do is click on its head. If you don't click on its head, it will grab you and eat you, and you're rewarded with a little cutscene of of him getting his neck chewed open. Um, so you click on its head, and he shoots it, and it's dead. That's that's like the entirety of the combat system. Hmm. Um, so it's it, you know it's this is by no means uh, a shooter. At all. Okay. Um, there was there was one scene when we were trying to escape from an area, and uh, and Lee had a sniper rifle, and so I was uh, I was shooting the people who were trying to get in. Um, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't sophisticated at all. I just had like two spots that I could be at, uh, one on one side of the vehicle that I was hiding behind, one on the other side of the vehicle that I was hiding behind, and so I would just you know switch between these those two sides and shoot whoever was trying to come towards us. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, you you definitely need to gr- read the graphic novels because as you were sitting there talking about like all the story things, like all the different choices you have to make and everything like that, I was thinking about the main character in the novel who is kind of ironically instead of a um felon, mm-hmm. he's a he's he a, is, he's sheriff. a sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> I think they may but, have done that on purpose. Yeah, but just all the different choices that are made in that make it and and they're really hard choices some of the time, so it's just oh, like, yeah. Ugh. Like even especially actually the the situation of Lee being a felon uh, provides some interesting choice or some interesting situations because some of the characters are aware of who you are, like they saw you in the news or whatever, and they know that you um uh, are a you know Did something in, in their eyes a bad person, um but others don't, and so you you know I went for a lot of the time not telling most of the people. Um, but then one of the characters who did know um, made a good point that if you don't tell anybody and they find out some other way, they are not going to trust you at all. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, golly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, choices. Experiments. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, personally, I'm probably not going to go back and play through um, those parts, at least not soon, because... It uh, it makes it so much more real to me, you know, that, like, I, I don't know exactly how my choices impacted things. You know, I don't know, you know, had I done something differently, how it would have been different, which is, you know, how it is in real life. Um, so, so part of the fun to me is just second-guessing myself. Yeah. <laughs> I would be doing that basically the entire time. I would be moaning and grunting. Oh, yeah. Which means I'm probably going to end up buying the game eventually. Yeah. Just wait until it's on sale. Eventually. That's that, that's my advice to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I think that's all that we have to talk about, really, in terms of games. For now, anyway. Yep. Um, so this is this is where, where Ryan always has us uh, finish off with where they can find us on the Internet. Um, well, I'm on, uh, I'm on Google+, um, and I have a blog... Um, my blog is enrbuck.blogspot.com. Um, 
and there I post, uh, I'll be posting, you know, game reviews as well. So my Walking Dead review is actually up there. Um, and, uh, you know, whatever else I feel like putting there, I'll put there. Um, and on Steam, of course, uh, uh, you can find me. I'm Wolf Revo, um, steamcommunity.com slash ID slash Wolf Revo. Um, yep. All right. And I am Ian Decker, of course. I am on Google Plus as well, um, but I have no inner blags, so I have no blag spots. Um, but I am also on Steam, and so I am DS for Doom Squad, so DS Bigfoot. So find me on there if you want to get a hold of me. Um, yep, and we also uh, recently created the Nexus uh, TV Steam group, um, so that can be found at uh, steamcommunity.com slash groups slash TNTV, um, and we'll be posting uh, you know, announcements about... Um, shows and also any gaming events that we do um, we'll probably be hosting some uh, live um, uh, you know playthroughs of uh, Borderlands 2 um, and stuff uh, once that comes out um, so go join that group start a discussion you know talk to us we love people um, it's not yeah. as if we work with people at all oh golly <laughs> so yeah have a good one. See you around.